You're listening to the Spawn on Me podcast with your host, the captain, Khalif Adams, the Baron of Bourbon, Cicero Holmes, and the man who makes everything look good, Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. Welcome to Chicago, y'all. Welcome, everybody, to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. Thank you for joining us this week and every week here on the radio, the podcast, all the places you can hear our wonderful voices here in Chicago. I want to say, everybody, thank you so much for checking out the show this past week. We had really fun, uh, a fun conversation with our folks over at Artificial Next. Uh, so they were amazing. Bernie Sue was super dope to be able to talk to. Um, and definitely go check out their stuff on Twitch because I think they're doing something very, very new and funky and dope uh but i am joined this week with my man my mellow one of the dopest cats on the internet one of my favorite writers in the spaces one of the cats who i love to be able to talk to from the coalition and geek.com is my man tony polanco how you doing sir i'm doing fantastic i'm like just so happy to be back on brocago son it's been a hot minute you know you know, it's so it's yeah. weird how that works sometimes. Sometimes you we're in we're passing ships in the night, as they say. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's weird too. It's like, okay, like we haven't like been on like a podcast for there in a while, but we kind of talk every day via Twitter. Yeah. So it's like no time has passed. <laughs> but like the last time I was here, you guys weren't nearly as big as you was now. Like you guys were still on that come up. I mean, granted, you're still kind of on the come up too, like I am, but you know, yeah. you're like higher up on the totem pole and you know i'm glad i'm here to say this like i'm so like proud of you guys so everything you've done you know in this space for gaming and all that it's incredible see like i'm just keeping a real you know it's it's makes me happy to see us get up there like that you know yeah man thank you very very much i mean it means a lot coming from you because i again like you're you're one of my favorite writers in the space and you've been doing it for a long time and it's one of those things like i remember when we first met we just instantly hit it off we just dapped it up and was like yo how are you doing because we met each other online do all the online spaces and all that stuff um and it's been it's, and and on the other end it's been fantastic to see you grow and do so many wonderful things on so many different sites and, and getting so many pieces of articles and 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 uh thoughts out there in the world about video games so you know it's always good to see home hometown folks make it make it and do their thing so it's yeah man new york son we had that instant connection you know yeah Uh, but it's crazy how like you know where we both started and and now we're going to talk about a little bit later how now you know companies that wouldn't have even talked to us in the past are now sending (laughs) us games to review it's like what (laughs) it's so isn't that nuts though it's always a little bit crazy to kind of just think about where everything has started and then where where we're kind of landed now right it's like i remember you know you're writing for a small site i remember when i first talked to you i was writing for ps3 attitude way way back in the day damn super old school joint like no one no like people knew of ps3 attitude but it was like me not knowing how to put two sentences together (laughs) (laughs) being like i hope somebody reads this thing that i wrote please read it um, and now, and now I'm kind of getting my legs wet and, and feet wet again, uh, writing some more stuff out in the space and you as well. So, you know, always good to, to have you on with us because you are a wealth of knowledge and have lots of things to talk about and are very opinionated if you have not seen or heard Tony <laughs> on the internet before. Yeah. So. Although I've calmed it down in recent years, you know what I'm saying? Like, things are a little wacky out there. It's so like, Tony, tone it down just a little bit. Like, on the podcast, I still keep it 100. But, like, even though I keep it 100 on Twitter, I'm like, just don't say that, Tony. Just keep it to yourself. I mean, we have you know? to at this point, right? Because the yeah. internet gives no Fs for anybody. Like, no, no one is immune to 
the can- the cancel squad and the you've done it wrong squad <laughs> and everything else mad yeah. squad so you know we try to keep our heads low and keep and keep working <laughs> so that we can just get things done at this point exactly bro and and you know not to get too sidetracked but it's a distraction too you know you get on there on twitter you start beefing with people and stuff like why man why are you wasting your time with that you know no man i'm just trying to put some positive stuff out in the world man i'm too old for this too old for fighting man too old to fight (laughs) um exactly word we got too many games to play right? too many games to play actually you know what let's let's dig into what we've been playing i know we have a a longer discussion about one specific game days gone that just dropped but i want to talk to you about mortal kombat so i know that i am a huge mortal kombat head i know i've been playing mortal kombat since i was a wee little child back in the streets of ireland i mean i mean in the streets of the streets (laughs) of, of the bronx uh, are you a big Mortal Kombat fan? Are you are you super super into Mortal Kombat? It's funny you say that because I'm pretty sure when you were a wee child playing it, I was a more wee than you were. <laughs> you're a little a little bit older True. than me. Um, I played it like I think it was when the year it came out, 1992, I believe it was right. Something like that, yeah. Um, I was I was 12, and it was a, a a school trip to a bowling alley. We were there to play, you know, bowl. But I wasn't like like I don't want to bowl. This is kind of dumb. And I see this arcade game, and they see blood flying where i'm 12 years old like all i want to see is like blood and guts and all that other stuff i love i still love that stuff so i'm like what is this i spent the whole trip just putting quarters into this thing you know like playing this game and just becoming obsessed and then come to find out by the way i gotta you know i gotta do this man shout out to yellowstone lanes yes. over here in yellowstone that's where i first played mortal kombat and then i find out in my hometown right here in, you know where i live by um in pomanoc jib lanes they had a cabinet wow. so i just went up there every day after school playing mortal kombat street fighter like i was in it when the fighting games were really coming up i was in there from the beginning yeah. son going to play street fighter two in the bodegas you know outside <laughs> of school <laughs> it was dope so yeah mortal kombat was like the game man like that and street fighter were like integral to us like it got to this to a point where mortal kombat 3 came out me and um emilio lopez yeah. you know shout out to him um because in our school we, we kind of got lucky like a lot of the kids there were kind of nerdy and stuff like we went to this asian school it was kind of interesting so yeah. the kids there they would sell mortal kombat move sheets to each other right wow so we were like yo we yeah so we're like yo we got to get on this but we made ours better because um a lot of people don't know this obviously everybody knows emilio draws but i used to draw too oh, right? nice. so what we would do is we would do our character sheets and we would draw the characters on the side <laughs> and then some for a quarter you know yo it was dope so entrepreneur your spirit was very very high back then as we can tell yeah you already know man but after after mortal kombat 3 that's where i kind of fell off the series because they the third fourth installment excuse me it was like polygonal I'm like this isn't even real anymore right. like to me that was part of it like you know the scanned characters i'm like come on man this is kind of whack now so i didn't play any mortal kombats until Mortal Kombat 11. Oh, wait, for, wait, really? For that long. Not like none of the yep. other ones until 11? Yeah, because I was on that tip. I was like, man, you got to scan the characters, <laughs> man. You know? <laughs> But but I'll keep, but when they brought Mortal Kombat, as they call it Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 9, I'm like, mm, mm. I look, that looks kind of clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, oh, I'm like, okay, I guess that's as close as you're going to get to realistic. Yeah. And then X came out. I didn't play that. And then 11 came out. Uh, I did, you know, receive a review copy, which pretty much forced me to play it and you know we'll get into it um you know right now but i thought the game i know there's controversy or whatever but i thought the game was dope yeah 
you know like the controls were really good i I really love the the story mode like i've never really seen that in a fighting game where it's like all cohesive and all that like it actually has like narrative structure beginning middle and end and all that you know they weave all the characters in there i'm like yo you can see this as a movie it's so cool man um i will say this though because i played the beta of it um about a month back i didn't like the controls they felt too stiff for me right but in the in the final game smooth smooth like like butter you know yeah um so i'm digging it right now like i haven't been able to put as much time as i wanted to this week and i'm really gonna go ham and i'll have a review for everybody up on you know early during the week and stuff but yeah man i'm digging the game so far man it's a lot of fun what what do you think of it so i'm a huge mkx fan uh well i'm a huge mk fan in general i've played probably every iteration except for the kind of two uh 3d uh, 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 Mortal Kombat's that were like, gosh, I forgot the, I forgot which ones the, the, those were. Um, I never played some of the super bad ones that were like Sub Zero's like side story oh, ones. Yeah, I, I never played that because yeah. I always was like, this isn't Mortal Kombat. This is something totally different that no one really wants, but they've made it because they needed to make some money. Um, <laughs> but I'm, ba- but I got back into it um really hard because i'm not a huge fighting game player i i play you know some staples like i when people kind of pick they're like are you a street fighter for a street fighter person or a mortal Kombat person i'm like i'm way mortal Kombat because i'm with you with the blood and guts and all that stuff i was like a huge part of the attraction for me to play any of the games in in the first place but getting to kind of get back into the space with nine and then seeing wh- how, how well they did with x and the story there and then they have translated some of that stuff to the most recent game in 11 which i feel is so far the best nether realm game to have come out so far like it is they have oh, wow. done so many wonderful things in terms of both the mechanics they've raised the level of the fidelity in the game in a way that i haven't seen before like they've done some stuff when i remember i went to that um that special like almost launch event like a couple of months ago back in LA. And I remember when they first did, they showed like the fatal blow stuff where that, you know, it used to be called x-rays, but now they're called fatal blows. And I was like, are you guys using like unreal engine four or like, are you, did you move like engines and stuff (laughs) like that? Is it, is it on something different? And they were like, no, this is still unreal engine three. We just did some really dope stuff to it. Yeah. It's not, it's not even, it's like some, some, mixed up version that they've made and it's like just looks so gorgeous when you put you play it on the screen and they hit the visceral stuff really well like it's the most gross mortal Kombat of the (laughs) of the series so far and again like the story stuff i just literally just before we started recording tonight just finished the story parts i won't talk about it because i know you still have to go through it and play it but also i don't want to spoil it for the folks who haven't necessarily seen it but you're in for a treat like they have done some really cool stuff in there that, you know, everyone's hyped up about Endgame and, and the Avengers stuff. I'm like, I may have to go check Endgame and see what the deal is with Avengers, but I feel like Mortal Kombat, from what I've played, might have a better story than, than Endgame does. Interesting. Uh, I, know, Interesting. So I know somebody just heard that and they're probably looking at their phone and they're like, I don't want to ever listen to the Spawn of Me podcast again. Who is this person? Yeah, they just just killed the whole podcast the whole, right now. Like, delete, nope, I'm not listening unsubscribe. to this. Um, yep. What are some of the things that you, I know you had a, a little bit of time in with it. What are the things you're kind of super excited to dig into? Cause I know that it's a little bit different when you have to play a game for review than if you just bought it for fun. Yeah. Um, but what are the things that you've heard other folks kind of dig into that they really like, or some of the stuff that you're super excited to check out? Yeah. I guess I should say that I did play the entire like campaign, like in a, in oh, a you day, did run through the, the story whole thing. 
yeah yeah like i didn't do the the towers those separate stories that he, you know how each character has a different different ending and all that i did a couple of those i did scorpion sub-zero um so i ran through all of that um the his thing like to me that was the main thing i was looking forward to the campaign thoroughly satisfied by that but i am looking forward to going in there and actually just learning the yeah. combos because i'll be honest i was just playing i was just hitting <laughs> buttons you know and using some of my my scrubby skills from back in the day <laughs> you know my rusty skills to get me through you know so i'm looking forward to that i know there you know some people are digging into the crypt to be honest when i was because i checked some of that out, i'm like running around in like a third person type of view i'm like yo why is this stuff even in a fighting game i don't need this what is this stupid <laughs> you look i didn't need that you know i know there's some controversy too about some of that right the the, the crypt and yeah yeah microtransactions, and microtransactions and yeah. stuff like that so for folks who who may not be initiated uh, the, the conversation was around someone on Twitter found out or kind of did the math and said, you know, every yeah. skin, every cosmetic skin, none of these things, again, affect gameplay at all. All the skins would probably come out to almost like seven grand uh, if you needed to, if you bought yeah, all of like them that. together. And basically, you know, some of them are time gated so that, you know, you can only get them at a specific time and then they kind of rotate out. And I saw this and I was like, come on man like it's not that deep like it feels like another one of those versions of just online outrage for no reason what, what were your thoughts when you saw the kind of conversation about microtransactions with them with mk11 yeah we um we got into a little bit of a debate about this on uh, my podcast throwdown because uh i'm like yo if it's just skins who gives a yeah. crap <laughs> like who cares you know what i'm saying it's not something that like essentially then i know some people are complaining about how you could have like um i think modifiers yeah. you know because basically if for those who guys who don't know classic towers you just play the game normally like you would right but then there's these modified towers specifically the tower of time mm -hmm. where uh, if you fight an enemy, I'm just going to give an example, like uh, you'll have less health, you'll be poisoned, there'll be missiles coming at you or whatever, and you can add modifiers to help you survive these mm -hmm. things better. And people are like, and you could buy these modifiers, you, you know, with actual money. So people are like, oh, they're forcing you. But I'm like, yes, but the time thing itself is not forced. It's not necessary. You don't need to do any of these, these like special towers. So to me, like... I could I could understand where people are coming from. I just don't agree with it because I'm like, if you were forcing people to use this stuff for the main campaign, I'd be a hundred percent with you. I'm like, you're forcing people that you really are forcing people to buy this stuff, but this is just for some side thing, and you get some pieces of armor. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I don't yeah. care. I think it's stupid. Yeah, and the folks you know? from NetherRealm they they made a special stream to kind of address it too. They said, you know, we we do not want people to have to spend money on our game in that way. You know, again, none of these things, none of these skins, none of these augments or any of that stuff affect gameplay when you're when you're playing, you know, other people. It's really just stuff that you can kind of tack on exactly. to your character for cosmetic and, and, and vis visual reasons. Um, and it's just interesting, right? Where it's just like, and maybe this is another side conversation that we can get into really quick, where yeah. there's this feeling or this sense it in kind of gamers heads that you must own every piece of content that goes along with a game that has stuff like this like we see it with dlc all the time we see it with uh again these cosmetic things like this where people kind of just run to the idea that like if it's a thing that's in the game i must have it i must own it I don't understand that 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 kind of line of thinking. Do you have any thoughts about that stuff? Yeah. Okay. Again, I could sympathize with that because I'm the guy that likes to get 100 percent in games, right. right? But 
you know, I'm older now. I'm not really worried about that, you know. And but to me, I'm like, it, I I still do need to see every story thing in mm -hmm. a game, you know. Like if it's a story DLC, I want to buy because I want to finish the story. But if it's cosmetic stuff, I really yeah. don't care. I do not care about that stuff. So if they have like six thousand dollars worth of um, all this stuff, whatever, I don't care. I like, is it gonna make me play better? Am I gonna experience a new narrative because of it? If it's not, then. I don't yeah, care. Yeah. You know, I'm just being real, right? I know I sound mad, no. like, you know, like negative right now, but I'm like, yo, I don't know. I think like that's crap, reasonable, you know? though. I feel like, I mean, honestly, the fact that you don't care about it is actually probably better. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like people yeah, kind of care true, too yeah. much about some of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, they're putting so much energy and effort to because, because honestly, the reason I don't like those conversations, especially because it puts this weird light on. The development team right where it's like the development team is out to get you and try to rob you of all of your money so they've made these things in the game to kind of just you know soak up and make you drop your wallet in front of the tv and just like have to give it up yeah. and i feel like that's just unrest it's like unnecessary and unreasonable it's like not what the developers want they've already said it then they, they've said it pre in previous games too like this is not what we do at nether realm this is not the thing that we care about we want you to have a good time and experience and experience it and they also lowered the difficulty with, and there's going to be a patch that, you know, by the time this podcast is already out, would have already landed. That's going to make it a little bit easier for folks to go into the game and get the cosmetic stuff through those towers of time because they, when they initially launched it, it was a little bit too hard for most folks. It was like, you're getting hit with the, by the character and two missiles and the sky and everything. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, it, you know, j just to quickly jump on that, I've noticed a pattern with me, right? When it comes to these games that have, you know, microtransactions, I, and again, I'm reviewing these games, right? I only learn about them when I see the controversy on Twitter, right? Like, for example, like I was playing Mortal Kombat. It's like, oh, what do you think of microtransactions? I'm like, <laughs> microtransactions? Where? You know, and then I, and they're like, look here, look here. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I didn't really notice that. Uh, Far Cry New Dawn, that was another one. We're like, oh, what do you think of the microtransactions? I'm like, they got microtransactions <laughs> in this game. Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey. So I'm like, they got microtransactions. I had no clue because the thing is, I I feel like if actually that's a testament to how unintrusive they are. Yeah, if you yeah. really think about it, I didn't even notice them. I'm playing a game for hundreds of hours. I'm like, they got them in there. Like it's not like with Shadow War, where it's like bam, right, bam, right. bam, bam, bam in your face, right. you know. Um, and the thing is, and I'm and I'm obviously I'm saying this as a Westerner who's fond of capitalism. <laughs> I don't see what's wrong with people trying to make extra money. Yeah, you know, because yeah, like obviously they're trying to cater to these they call them quote unquote whales. Good, make your money yeah. off of them. As long as you don't force the regular person to do it, then it doesn't matter. You know, that way the developer gets their money, the publisher gets their money, and everybody and the players get what they want. Yeah. You know, like like you said, you don't need every single piece of armor in a game. It's not nope. necessary. One of the best things, and I'm like i know people talk a whole bunch of crap about the folks who kind of like still buy the the kind of not great dlc you know what i mean like the stuff that everyone's like well yeah you just bought you know you spend ten dollars and you unlock everything right they had that in mk9 i believe where you had the crypt or was it 10 i forget it, it might have been nine where they had the crypt uh it was like the first version of it right and they said look if you yeah. spend another ten dollars or whatever you basically get everything in the crypt for like not for free but everything unlocks so that you don't have to go through all the rigmarole yeah. of like going through and opening all the chests and going through all that stuff and you know what i spent them ten dollars man i was like yo that is my time is worth more than that ten dollar bill 
And I was like, I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, man. And ain't nothing wrong with it, man. Because that's the other thing. It's like people try to shame people who do that for some reason. It's like, why? What do you care? They're not spending your money. They're spending their money. Why don't you mind your own business? You know? It's stupid. It's super weird. I just don't understand that part of it. Like, and, and I, and I kind of wish they had it in this one, too, because I would wind up buying it because I'm just like, I like what they're doing. <laughs> like this version of the crypt is a lot yeah. better because it has a lot of secrets in it. And they have these like really cool segments and stuff. There's like I don't want to spoil it for you because there's like some really dope uh, homages and kind of throwbacks to some old stuff, which is really cool. Nice. Yeah, I saw I saw one, you know, like, yeah, it was like an homage to those two guys yes. fighting in the background. You know, like, I'm like, these dudes are still yeah. fighting. <laughs> You know, and then, but right before, but before that, to to see that, I had to literally do a puzzle. I'm like, this right. is kind of cool. I had to pull levers and I had to align the dragon yeah. to be a perfect circle. I'm like, this is yeah. dope, man. Like, see, that's cool. Even though I I know earlier I said I'm like it's kind of unnecessary, and I still do. But at least it's kind of interesting. But yeah, I I just because I saw those two guys on the on the bridge, I'm like, okay, I'm probably there's probably a lot more secrets yeah. in here, you know, for the old school, you know, the really hardcore. Yeah, guys. and I saw that, and I was like, oh man. And I look down, there's like a, a, a kind of ledge that you can look down underneath and there's stuff down there that you can get. And I was like, oh, I got to go back. Oh. So I'm going to spend a whole bunch of time in that mode that is like has nothing to do with fighting. <laughs> it literally has nothing to do with actually hitting another person um, on on the squad. But yeah, that's dope, man. But yeah, the g- game's fun, man. Like I said, I'm looking forward because I haven't been playing more combat in like a long time. So I'm looking forward to going into the training mode, which is excellent. Very oh, yes. plus training mode and just relearning it. You know what I'm saying? Learning all the combos and fatalities yep. and all that. So that that's the thing I'm looking forward to besides the... Yeah, I may even run through the campaign again. I actually had a lot of fun with it, but I want to do it on my own pace because, you know, I was like obviously like trying to do it as fast mm-hmm. as possible but i will admit the reason i didn't get my because i was originally going to do it on friday but then when i heard about them you know balancing stuff yeah. through dlc and because you know my editors at geek are really cool you know they're not really going to worry i'm like okay i'll wait yeah, a little yeah. bit you know and, and i wanted to, to pick up what you said about the tutorial stuff this game has the yeah. best fighting game tutorial not even just mortal Kombat tutorial because they teach you stuff that if you're a fan of fighting game competitions and stuff like Evo or, you know, Combo Breaker or stuff like that, you'll hear people using these terminologies or these terms all the time of like, oh, he's he's a uh, he fuzzy guarded on this thing or he's he's plus he's plus on block here. Like there's these terms that folks are using and they literally go through all that stuff in the game, too. So if you want to learn how fighting games actually work in the kind of mindset that fighters are going through and what they're thinking about when they're counting frames and things like that. This tutorial will help you even learn about that stuff, which is fantastic. So, wow, that's amazing. I didn't even know about that. Yes, there's this whole, it's funny because I've been playing fighting games again since their inception, but like these new cats that are playing it, like they use all different yeah. terminology. I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking <laughs> about, you know, but that's because back in the day, what was a fighting game community? Literally your neighborhood, that was yeah. a fighting game community. So you had your own terms, yeah, for yeah, things, yeah. you know, but now it's all like universal and stuff. So it's kind of, that's cool. I didn't know about that. I, that makes me even more excited to check out the training. Yeah, it's super then. dope. Like I want people, if you get a chance to, if you do buy Mortal Kombat 11, you need to definitely check that part out and, and it's it will benefit you in ways that you don't necessarily have to think about. Uh, in the initial parts of your gameplay, but later on when you want to go fight people online and stuff like that, you'll definitely uh, want to have leaned on some of those things and, and have some of that knowledge in your back pocket. Um, so That's we're going to awesome. switch gears a little bit, and it kind of aligns with the conversation around fighting games because one of the best fighters on the planet, Sonic Fox, is part of a esports team called Echo Fox. 
that is run by Rick Fox, or at least he is a he <laughs> is a co-founder of of the of the squad of Echo Fox. And he recently decided to leave Echo Fox, which is a huge deal if you are familiar with esports in any form or fashion and understand the dominance that Echo Fox has had in the in, in multiple uh um games and genres like uh, they're probably best known for their work in the fighting game scene, but they have a great, uh, um, gosh, there's a couple of first person shooter games that they have really good squads in. And I think even in the um, Dota, Dota and League of Legends side of things, they also have some fantastic teams. But Rick Fox decided that he was going to leave after in an email from a investor within the company to a former um uh, high up in the company, a former uh, CEO named Jace Hall. He basically got an email. I guess there was an argument. I guess there was some some heated words. And that person called Jace Hall, allegedly the N-word, in an email. And Rick Fox heard about mm. it and was like, yo, I am out of here. I am taking my bags. I'm taking my foxes and putting them in different holes. I am out of here. <laughs> I'm dipping. <laughs> I, I, so, you know, there's there's a, there's an actual quote from a statement that Rick uh, supposedly shared. Um, let me see if I can find it, because this was on Dextero from Richard Lewis, who shared out this information. Um, yeah, I believe the quote is like, actually, not supposedly. I think it is. Is actually it actually from, from him? him? Um, yeah, yeah, I believe it is. I mean, granted, he, he may have had somebody write it for him. I don't know. But, you know, I think it's actually from him. And, you know, he, he explained, like you said, somebody, you know, some words were exchanged, some heated words, the hard ER was probably yes. dropped, you know. <laughs> um, and apparently it's not the first time it happened. Like it's happened before with the same investor, you know, like he, he called him and um, was it Jace Hall? He called him that, um, you know, several times, yeah. apparently, you know, so, you know, and here's the thing, you know, because, you know, j just for you guys who don't know, I'm very much of like, okay, I don't know anything about sports. I'm a nerd. I don't know anything sure. about sports, you know? So I looked up and in, looked into this, but, and I don't know anything about investment or firms or any of that. But to me, I'm like, okay, if this is one guy that's causing all these problems, right? Can't you boot him? Like, I don't kind understand of. why they can't so, do that. I, so let, well, let me take a step back and then I'll, then I'll, then I'll come back. To yeah, that. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead, but I, I want to yeah, read, I wanna read at least read part of a partial part of the quote uh, from the email that Rick Fox sent sent to the rest of the stockholders. Uh, he says, uh, this yeah. is an official notification of my intention to exit Exo I'm sorry, Echo Fox organization as a shareholder and participant as soon as I'm able to facilitate a transaction to do so. The recent outrageous and abhorrent display of pure racism made by a significant Echo Fox shareholder, as well as threats to my family have made it impossible for me to continue to remain associated with the company and will not support or be associated with such behavior and attitudes displayed at the shareholder level no, so that's huge because he he said look there's mm. besides the racist stuff that this person said he said as well as threats to my family that is that is see what people don't have people don't understand is there are there were esports teams before echo fox but echo fox made esports teams kind of sexy in a, in a different way right it's like it was also this kind of interesting ushering of um former sports players into the esports arena where back in the day you remember tony like there were there was this time i remember especially because we're you know new york fans and most new york fans are kind of either knicks fans or jets or giants fans or whatever 
And it was just one thing that was yeah. like Spreewell when he left, like Latrell Spreewell when he got when he left the Knicks. Like his next business venture was like to get rims. Like he was making like Spreewell rims. And then yeah. it was like also like Charles Oakley like had a whole bunch of car washes. It was like all these like and like and then now it's become like restaurants for most people who are who are leaving their sport to do that stuff. But now this seems to be this other kind of movement where former celebrities and former sports stars are now getting really deeply into esports. We've seen it with a whole bunch of players, but Rick Fox was Rick Rick Fox was the person to kind of make that jump first, right? He was the one who like decided to like really go in head first and do all that stuff. And for them to lose someone as important as him, as who was already an ambassador to the sport and also making that jump easier for so many other players is a huge loss and a huge black mark on Echo Fox if they don't get that person out of there. So it's like, yeah, that's the way I see it. I'm like, yo, if that's his company, he founded it. Why is he leaving when Dick just boot the other guy? So think, you know, I think there's at least from what I know, whenever there's a problem when that comes down to stockholders, they can't necessarily fire that person out of the organization. That person basically because they have a, a share or they have multiple shares, they have to either give those shares up and sell them back to the company or they have to get ousted in some other way. And I think that there, you know, there was a, there was a, I'm sorry, there was a uh, statement from Echo Fox as well that basically said, like, you know, the, the person used the racial epithet, um, you know, we, we don't, we don't, we don't tolerate anything like that. But they never really said that they are firing that person. They said they're disassociating themselves from him. But they, from that person, but they haven't really said that they're firing them. And that, that leans that lends me to believe that they're doing the work of trying to figure out how to get that person's shares removed from them and that they're trying to figure out ways to get them out where they can still not get sued, basically, for like throwing them out illegally. So, you know, it's an interesting space because Jace Hall, again, is also one of those cats who, you know, is very well known in the esports space. And he's been doing work in that in that arena for a very long time. So, so here you know, people at that high level getting the N word thrown at them. I'm not surprised by it. Yeah. Sadly, sadly I'm not surprised you know. by it, but it's also just always brings you back to the idea of like, you, it, you can't get too far away from it. Right. Like it's always lurking around in the corner somewhere where someone feels like they can just get that, that, that end bomb thrown at you and it's supposed to do some damage and it did damage, but not to him. <laughs> it did damage to the company. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, like like you said, uh, obviously, th this dude's not an employee, so they can't fire him. But I'm like, you know, and I and I think I read that he's like a minor shareholder. So maybe they could try to find some like way of like just getting him out of there, you know, taking his shares. I don't know. But because, again, I'm, I'm tripping. I'm like, yo, if it's his company, why is he leaving? Like, just get that dude yeah. out somehow. I mean, obviously, there's legalities and all that they got to deal with. But I think that would be the best way instead of him just dipping. Like yeah, that, I mean, you know? the but yeah, it's crazy. But you're right about that. So you can't get. I'm, I'm pretty sure Obama got, had his fair share of those. You know, my man never, was president. No and one ever called you know? Obama the N word. <laughs> not, not even once. Never, never, never. I'm sure. Oh, I'm man. sure that there are multiple people who did so. But my. But the interesting part about again, like I want to pull it back a little bit, even besides Rick. Yeah. Is the fighting game scene especially is super is super diverse, right? Like you, yes. it is. It is one of the 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 places where you will see every color creed sexual orientation all hanging out together getting their getting their fighting games on 
and the most well-known, most visible person in the world right now in terms of fighting games is Sonic Fox, who is a young, black, gay furry. And he, I mean, he, he, he wears his flags loud and proud, which is fantastic. Yeah, he does. Proudly, which is super man. dope, right? And it's like, I wonder what's going on in his mind. Like, I wonder when you are like, hey, the people who are giving me my check at some point up the ladder are racist, Ooh. racist, racist. Like, I wonder what that means for him. And if they lose him because of this kind of stuff, if other people in tow just leave. And what does that mean for Echo Fox's yeah. fighting game division? Like, does that just scratch all that stuff out of the way? Do people protest? Like, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because the fighting game um, uh, season hasn't really ramped up yet. Like, combo breakers happening soon. They're just starting to get uh, qualifiers in. I know that, uh, you know, the folks over at Next Level Battle Circuit in New York, shout out to Team Spooky and the rest of those cats. Like, they're just starting to get their stuff rolling on that end, too. So, like, I want to see, like, are they still going to be rocking the Echo Fox colors later in the year if this stuff happens? This stuff that happens now, nothing changes. So that's going to be real interesting, too. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's like, like this is like, like from at least from what I understand, like the elite, uh, you know, organization for esports just to have this like really nasty mark on them, man. It's not good for anybody, <laughs> man. It's, it's going to be really interesting because I want to, <clears throat> I want to hear what happens when, if, when or if Rick or Jace actually like say a thing publicly about it because they're going to either have to, they're going to have to leave because they've already talked about it. And Jace is not yeah, no longer right. with it, but he helped to, you know, get Echo Fox up and running. So lots of really interesting things coming down the pipeline for esports and for Echo Fox in general. Um, and it's going to be really, <laughs> really crazy to see what happens. Because, uh, yeah, I guess so. Well, I guess we'll see, man. Maybe they'll start their another organization. Who yeah, knows, right. Man? It'll be like the Foxhole. It'll be like, uh, yeah, the foxhole, yeah. like that dude is going to get dumped in a foxhole. Yeah. He, he come. God, oh, I can't, I'd like, I had to reread that whole thing because I didn't remember the whole like threats to my family thing. That just blew me away. Yeah, that's wild. Like, come on, Ugh. man. Like, I just want somebody to publish that yeah, email it's, it's on, on my petty side. I want someone to publish that email that he said to Jace because I think that that would just be like, who is yeah, this right? person who said this thing? Anyway. <laughs> Anywho, one of the other games that we have been playing super hard. I know I've been playing it for the past week and a half for review. I know you have been playing it for the past. How long did you how long do you think it took you to get through all of Days Gone? Uh, I again, because the game doesn't tell you how long it is, but I'm going to assume if it was like 80 hours, I completed the whole game and like, you know, from Monday to Monday and I did nothing yeah, but yeah. that. You know, and I'm and I'm keeping it real. And I want to give a shout out to uh, my nephew. He was visiting me that week when I wasn't playing it. I gave him the game, and I was you know next to him, and I let him play. You know, so we kind of just so I could finish oh, it in time. Yeah, you know? it took so long. Um, what about you, man? How how long? How long did you did you finish it? Did you I get did finish it? it. Um, it took a long time. Like the well, let's yeah. let's let's dig into yeah, we'll get into the actual yeah. way we thought about the game in general, like. If you were to were to describe Days Gone for folks who hadn't played it yet, or who were looking to buy it, how how would you kind of share your thoughts, or at least the kind of overview of what that game is for folks? Man, the thing is, the only way I could describe it, it's going to sound like a hundred other games. <laughs> it's an open world survival post apocalyptic zombie True. game. You know, uh, basically, I mean, they're not technically zombies, but that's basically what it is. It's an open world game. You know, and it has all those trappings. There's 
you know, lots of different side missions to do, big overarching story, bunch of enemies coming at you. And that's the thing about this game. When they first announced it in 2016, I'm like, another one of yeah. these? Really? Like, you got you guys already have The Last of Us. Like, what do you need this for? You know, like, it was just basically like a big Last uh-huh. of Us, you know? And even when I was playing the game, I didn't write this in my review, but it took me like 20, 25 hours to finally warm mm. up to it. Cause I, you know, cause I'm, I'm so tired of these games, man. Like every game has to be open world. Every game has to have some kind of iteration of a zombie. I'm like, come on guys. <laughs> like I understand this sells, but it's, it's, it's so it, it, you get tired of it yeah. after a while. And I hit, yo, I'm be honest. I hit my breaking point in 2015. Every game I play was open world. I'd be like, oh, that's it. This is too much. This is too much. And I used to be the dude that used to love open world games, man. Now, every one of them is that. So, but the thing is, you know, halfway through the main story like something happens i'm not gonna spoil i'm like okay that's cool so the main story kept yeah. me going you know um even though it was a little bit i don't mind if you spoil there, stuff. I, still, I, I think I still, if we say you know hey everybody we may spoil yeah. some stuff during this podcast so if you want to dip out on this part of the conversation please do so and then come back after you played it so if you want to share spoilers because i, I yeah. plan on sharing some okay I'll, I'll i'll keep it a little bit like but basically when they got to uh uh, Mike's camp, uh, Iron Mike's camp, and I'm like, okay, now the story's kind of getting more yep. interesting, you know, with the whole Nero thing and all that, and I thought that was cool, you know, and I didn't like the guns in the beginning of the game, and I'll tell you why I didn't like the shooting in this game. I just came off the Division oh. 2 with some of the dopest shooting yeah. out there, son. Like, you can't top that, so it took me a while, but obviously, after I got some upgrades and all that, my shooting became better, I got better mm-hmm. guns, you know, but it, it, I'm really glad you asked me that question, because again, I'm like, I'm struggling to try to, like, explain this to people in a way that makes it sound unique, and mm. I can't. Like, th- there's, again, good game, but there's nothing in it that makes it radically different than other games of that genre i guess the only difference would be like it's heavy emphasis on story mm-hmm. that's about it other than that you've played these games yeah. before you know uh i mean I'm, i'll get more into detail but what are your like initial thoughts like how would you like describe this game to somebody like initially it, it's 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 like if you wanted to mix and it was there actually really a good video on kotaku shout out to um paul tamayo who who's doing a lot of fantastic work over Uh, at Kotaku and the optional podcast where he was kind of going through his review and shared, he was like, it is like every other game that you've played in the past year where it has little chunks of all these other games. So it's like, it's a little bit of far cry. It's a little bit of state of decay. It's a little bit of, and that's kind of the way it is. Like I, in general, I had a good time with the game. The, the, the kind of overarching, parts about uh, the open worldness definitely did leave a sour taste. Like I honestly don't need another open world game for a very long time. Cause I, cause I kind of yeah, feel I like agree. I was still, you know, punch drunk from red dead Two, right? Like red dead two did a whole bunch of stuff and that was a game I didn't like. So it was like, you know, I don't want to have to dig through all the trappings that, that go along with the open world game while I'm having this narrative stuff kind of played, play through it. And I shared some of that stuff in my review as well, but you know, I'll even take a step back. Let's, let's kind of set the world a little bit. So the game is set in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. It's in Oregon, um, which was also really, really cool for me personally. Cause I'm living in Oregon now I'm in Portland, but in Oregon, uh, there were parts of the story where they would have conversations about specific places that I had been to already. 
or you know folks who you know who live in the around live in and uh, and around those places so it was also interesting to see them kind of use the pacific northwest as its setting and kind of already feel like oh like yeah the weather is like this in this way oh you know the mountains do look <laughs> like this and stuff like that which was pretty cool so in, in your in your kind of in the body of of this character named deacon saint john who is a, a an iraqi vet who's come back and he's kind of looking back at the world that he's left and, and has come back to and he's like there's really nothing here for me so let me try to find some family and he finds these these biker gangs called the mongrels and your story kind of starts from there where you're kind of running around and and you know doing these tasks for all these other people while trying to figure out and kind of uh reconnect with your dead wife right and that as a premise sounds really fun right it sounds like it's a yeah. it's a lot of things that you'd be able to do and you know it, it'll take the story into these really cool places i think it kind of gets there towards the end of the game but for most of the game, I didn't like Deacon. I hated him. He was super, he was super annoying to me because he was so just down on everything. He was like, it's like if somebody was like, hey, Tony, can I give you a rainbow? And you're like, yo, rainbow suck. And he's like, he's like, he's like that person. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't like most characters in games like this. And I'm trying to think about it. It might have been the reason why I didn't necessarily care for uh um red dead 2 because i didn't necessarily feel like i had a, a like of the characters and this was another extension of that like there are people in the game later on that you find that are that are pretty interesting and that you kind of like but the main character that you're with for god knows how many hours it just didn't he was not likable what, what were your thoughts about deacon as a character it's kind of interesting because I'm I would be the guy I'd be like yo get that <laughs> rainbow out of here man I don't want that <laughs> you know uh, but I didn't really have a problem with with Deacon other than he felt like a lot of other characters I've played in other games just you know really sour like hard to talk to or whatever but what kept me going is because I like the actor okay. Sam Woodward um I remember playing him in the the Force Unleashed right so it was kind of cool to see like a, a character model of him that was more detailed more yeah. expressive you know because in Force Unleashed he just had one, one face <laughs> he was just mad you know so in this one like you got <laughs> so it was kind of cool like oh you get to see him this is dope you know um I didn't really have too much of a problem with with with, with Sam like I said my problems kind of stung with the thing like oh my god another open world game yeah. uh, you know traveling around and all that and crafting I didn't want to do any of that I'm like I'm, I don't really like crafting even though it get, did get better later but I liked him you know I'm not really like I've never seen Sunset yeah. Anarchy or anything like that so biker stuff is still kind of yeah. fresh to me on that end so I kind of you know I like their whole thing of like even though they're outlaws or whatever they're, they're still family mm -hmm. or whatever you know Deacon may be like, like, like an a-hole but he's very loyal to uh, uh, Boozer you know I like Boozer because he was <laughs> crazy you know he was kind of fun <laughs> Uh, like I, I think I would be boozer in that <laughs> world, you know. Although, although I would be like, yo, my my arms kind of messed up. I think I'm gonna have yeah. this looked at. You know, I wouldn't be that hard because I'm like, yo, son, go do something about that. He's like, no, nah, I'm fine, I'm fine, man. Forget uh, it, <laughs> you yeah. know. But but you know, but I think it's the you know, Deacon. I obviously you know, in my estimation, he did become a better character later. But I felt that it was the characters around him that were yeah. more interesting, and you know, and each kind of showed a, a slightly different side. And then obviously later on, like you said, you really get to see what he's more about. But it definitely takes a while, and I totally understand where you're coming from on that end. But I'm kind of just so used to those type of characters anyway. Those like even Joel from The Last of Us. Yeah, you don't really like the guy until I later didn't think on, about you know? that actually. But you're kind of right, right? Where it's like they want to set up 
these characters where you have to play off of them to get the emotional connection part. And it feels Kratos is another oh, man, one. You know? Man, you're right though. It's so true. <laughs> I didn't think about that. It's so true. And it's the reason why I think a lot of people don't like those characters in those games until like, you know, again, of course, God of War 4 was phenomenal because of the trans- transition yes. between him being such a crotchety old man to being kind of a little bit better. But the other characters in the game weren't that memorable either. So it was like, I remember in the beginning with the factions. So you like... It, within the game, you wind up meeting four factions and or is it? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's four. So four factions. It's and four, yeah. They kind of have these different archetypes. So you have one that's like a prepper. So he's like, you know, end of the world, right wing, uh, kind of talking about, you know, he, he, he would be the MAGA. He would be the MAGA version of, yeah. of, <laughs> of, of a character in that game with a little bit of prepper mixed in. The, the world's gone to hell. He's still rocking. Yeah, the yeah. Red he's hat, like, I don't care know? what y'all do. You can shoot me if you want. I'm wearing my hat. Um, so he he's in that kind of uh, uh, you know apocalyptic. Everybody's gonna die, and I'm just gonna have my bunker, and I'll be fine. And he has these radio broadcasts that he plays throughout the game that talk about you know what the government is, being anti-government and and all these things. Then you have a second one that really didn't make a lot of sense. There was it's run by this by this older woman. And it's kind of like a a slavery farm. It's kind of like she's kind of like buying yeah. people's labor, but also like making them stay, which as a character that you have to interact with, I always found really weird. So there, there are parts in the game where you will find strangers in, in, in the world. They're being attacked by zombies and you can save them. And when you save them, you basically tell them they're like, hey, there are some camps around the world. You'll be safe there. Uh, you can go to whatever it was. So, like, you can go to the the you know prepper camp. You can go to the camp that is run by the slaver, or you can go to the other camps that come later on, right? And I was always interested to understand why, if Deacon is his like character within the world, why is he one working with a slave camp to like working with? And like, yeah. I know that you need money and stuff. Like, but one, why is he working with a slave camp? And he already knows that like one other character that he spoke to that he went to and saved and brought to these people are not treating the people well. And he still has the option to like go send them to them. It's such a weird, it's like a lot of weird contradictions in the way that the gameplay doesn't necessarily work with the characters that are in the world. What are are some of your thoughts about that? Yeah, I'm glad, you know, I'm actually able to talk to somebody about this. I felt that whole, I I forget the, uh, the woman's name, but the slaver, let's call her. I thought there was going to be some kind of resolution mm-hmm. to that because it's obvious what she's doing there. So I was really hoping that there would be missions where you take her out you or you at least dismantle that camp and you have somebody else in there that's like worthy, you know, because obviously you still need the camp right. for gameplay purposes. But if you just have somebody better, because you're, you're right, you're walking around the camp, you see people getting the crap beat out of them <laughs> and stuff. It's like, yo, this isn't right. And that's why right, you rescue that one girl, you send her there. She's getting treated even like the girl was better off with <laughs> zombies in the wild than she was in that camp. You know, it's like, yo, this is Every insane. time she got saved, she so got that worse. was very, yeah. <laughs> 
yeah so that was very dissatisfying by the way that leads to a whole conversation we're not going to have to we're not going to get into it like if, you know ludo narrative dissonance where like the things that happen in the narrative do not oh. match up with the gameplay it's like yeah. wait what you know this game isn't too guilty of that but that's a th- one thing that I, that bugs me but with that camp specifically that did match up like okay if you're a deacon you're at you know you you know by the in the beginning obviously you don't care you're trying to make your money right but by the end you're obviously trying to make the world better for everybody why would you let that camp right. still run yeah you know? it, it, like I would just go in there, yeah, and just take care of business. Yeah, it you know was a lot I'm of weird. It, it was interesting because, like, as a game, and I guess it, it kind of leans back to the conversation about why. And I mentioned this in the in the review that I did about why I feel I feel like this particular game, which you know, there's conversations about how it was rated or how it was reviewed by multiple outlets, and it's kind of hovering around you know a seventy five or seventy four, and on Metacritic, which is a site that. Yeah, which, that's which what is I a saw, site yeah. that kind of aggregates all the the numbered reviews for stuff, and and kind of and gamers at this point anything that's under an eighty like they they deem it garbage, which is unfair and, un, and yeah. unreasonable, unnecessary. But by the way, see and Cock, because you and I are of the same generation, we remember days when a seventy five was considered a yeah. very good game. It's like oh seventy five, this is yeah dope. yeah okay, seventy five was like oh you, you need know? to cop that right 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 yeah exactly. Now it's like eight, under eighty five is like. Pfft. I will not sully my hands with this. <laughs> How dare you tell me it's a good in my wallet? Um, yeah, and it, and it feels like a lot of the systems that they build in the game don't work well with the particular story that they were trying to tell. So it's like you would go and have this really emotional moment. You'd like talk to the ghost of your dead wife through a memory or whatever. And then you'd have this like really poignant moment. And then because open world games have a lot of systems like fetch quests or secondary side quests that really don't have anything to do with the story that you're trying to finish. It would go and say, okay, you've had this really cool moment. Instead of being able to continue on with this story path, you need to do all this miscellaneous stuff that has nothing to do with the game. And you can't get back to the story missions until you do them. It was super frustrating. It felt like the game was made so much longer because they couldn't figure out where to put those branching paths or at least let you stay on the path that you were on to continue playing. What, what were some of your thoughts about, about some of that stuff? I need to bring this one example up. I know this must have frustrated you. There was a scene where he goes back to the church, right? And he's reliving <laughs> how he got married. Literally in between those scenes, you had to kill a bunch mm-hmm. of dudes. And it wasn't like something that just happened randomly. It was obviously scripted. I'm like, why are you ruining this very powerful, poignant scene with this dumb stuff I could just do any other yep. time in the game? You know, it's, it, it, that happens all the time. That was very frustrating. I, I By the way, and that's not a, a complaint I have with this game that yes. happens with a lot of open world games like you have this really big powerful moment oh no that's it <laughs> you're not gonna play any more story until you do all this other stuff first like come on man you, you're ruining it you know even though i felt the flow of this uh story wasn't as bad as some others some have been worse when this game messes up that flow it yeah. messes it up hardcore man that and that wedding scene was the most egregious to me you had two shootouts <laughs> unnecessary shootouts for whatever reason and to see if you think about it, if you took those scenes out and you just put the yeah. whole wedding stuff together it must have been three minutes of like you know of, of like um cut scenes i'm like okay so you're telling me that you don't think gamers could pay attention for three <laughs> minutes you know but then obviously you have other cutscenes that go on way longer what? than that so it's like what the hell is going on actually here, i felt there was so that was one part right and there was another part where i really like i literally and my wife can can attest to this i literally screamed are you kidding me 
at my TV. Oh no. And it, and it's, it's just so like a lot of open world games, the two that we just mentioned, you know, this one and Red Dead 2, they set up the end of the game in a way where you know that the end of the game is kind of coming. And I didn't think about this now until just now. And they do this really interesting thing right. where you have this like really quiet kind of subtle moment and this beautiful music starts to play and you're like, Oh wow. Like this is like going to be this like triumphant moment. Like you can see the end of the road coming. You can like figure out that like, okay, so this is going to be around where the game is about to end. And then the game goes for like another 20 hours. <laughs> the game goes for like another 20 hours. I was like, are you kidding me right now? The Yo, and that happened yes. like three times. I thought I was, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess this is it. It's wrapping up. No piss under the 10 yeah, hours. Yeah, I was like, just like, what? When you, I was like, you why know? are you giving me all this stuff that doesn't have anything to do with it? Like they could have put the game in and tied it up with a nice bow at these really nice spots. Yeah. But it felt like, again, because it was an open world game that they didn't understand that you didn't need all this extra stuff. Cause I'm not like, I'm thinking about it now. Like I still have the game downloaded on my machine and I'm not going back to it. Like, I'm not going to go back to that game to go through the other yeah. stuff that was in there. Like the, you know, I'm still at this part where I have to burn down all these hordes of zombies. And I, I kind of want to talk to you about the zombies too, real fast because, because we're running out of time, yeah. but it's a lot of stuff in that game that they could have tightened it up in so many ways, but chose to just let you keep running down this weird hill of stuff that doesn't matter to anybody involved. And it's, it just was super frustrating in that respect. What, what were your thoughts actually about, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. And, and I'll just quickly, um, and I'm wondering and not to go off topic, but I'm wondering if it's, if we are seeing things like that because we're reviewers, cause I'm like, what if you're uh, like, you know, for the lack of a better term, a regular person that buys a game, you can only maybe afford one game a month or every other month. You're going to yeah. get your money's worth for this. But for guys like us, we need to finish it in a certain amount of time. So that annoys us. So I'm wondering, like, maybe having all this extra content is something, you know, regular folks would want. That, that, that could be for another day. But um, anyway, That's about the. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the infect this they're called the infected because they're not actually zombies. So I'm like, okay, that's good. They're not actually dead people. They're just crazy people. You know? <laughs> like you don't need to like shoot them in the head specifically and they won't come back to, to life. I thought it you know, they were, you know, your your standard fare. You have ones that just run at you clawing, you have little kid. That was interesting because yes. you never get to kill kids in games. So I'm like, okay, I get to bash kids heads now um that was kind of interesting there's like a big brute version which takes all is basically a bullet sponge um there's a screamer which i thought was interesting and then there was one they introduced you know the end i think it was called a reacher which i didn't understand what different yeah. it from a regular one you know like i killed it mad fast what i obviously the big draw here is the yeah. hordes that's impressive like just the fact they get so many like bodies on a screen and there, there's moments where like i would do some i call yeah. it some 300 <laughs> stuff like i would find a place where i could funnel them through and you see them tripping over each yeah. other piling up in front of you you know it's it that stuff is really cool very tense stuff I mean, and you got to be really strategic about how you know the, the you know the placing putting bombs and all this other stuff i thought that was kind of interesting at first obviously i didn't really i was like oh they're just zombies again but the hordes they really like take things to a whole other level so i i felt they were a little bit better than the standard zombie not 
greater, greater, but a little bit better, you know. But the hordes are definitely, yeah, yeah man, they're really cool. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, and that's what they first showed, like in 2016 when they first initially showed the game off. They showed this like really tense, you know, uh, horde of zombies kind of running at you and like being super relentless and not giving up. And that stuff definitely did come back into the game, and it was the like ultimate moment of that game for me, where it felt like besides the beautiful parts of the world. And the kind of wrapping up of that story between uh, Deacon and his wife, uh, the technical parts of them getting all those zombies on screen and that being really actually scary because I didn't feel worried through most of the times that I had fights with zombies in the game in the game. Like they didn't feel as dangerous as I felt like they needed to be. And that was a little disappointing. Like they felt more like a, like a nuisance, yeah, not really yeah, dangerous. Yeah, and it feels you know? like again, like the game would introduce really fun and smart uh, uh, concepts, but then ditch them as soon as they did it. Like when you first uh, dealt with the newts, which are the the small the children. They're at, supposedly they're adolescents, but they don't look like adolescents. They look like little kids. And they had one they, moment. They yeah, kids. they had Come one on moment now. where like <laughs> one jumps out of the trunk of a car. And that was super cool because I was like, oh, yeah, that's dope. Like, I want that to be a thing where I have to worry because it's a part of the game where you scavenge stuff yeah. from, the, from the trunks and kind of under the hoods of cars. And I was like, oh, that's really cool that that's a concept. Like, now I have to worry about it. And it literally never happened again in the game. Like, never happened. Never happened. You're right about that. That could have been like, you know how in, in JRPGs, like, you open up a chest. Yeah, like, yeah, is yeah. that a monster yeah. going to come out of that? Like, you're right about that. I didn't think about that. You're right about that. Yo, that could have been so dope. It's like, okay, yeah. I need scrap. Should I open this trunk? Yeah, or let and I kind of just know? ditched that stuff whole whole cloth, which was a little bit sad. And again, again like, I don't want to poo-poo on a game because I, I did give it a fairly good review. Like, I felt like it's if i were to have rated it with a number rating it would probably would have been around a 75 or, or or you know like a b a b a b minus game and i feel like you know the folks at sony bend i want to give them a shout out because they did a fantastic job like i even though i don't think the story parts came together as well as they should have uh you know them getting out of the shadow of last of us and last of us 2 that's going to be coming i feel like they did that i don't i feel like they actually made a game that people can look at and if they were to make a second version of it i would probably still cop it like i would go back and see like they would be i want them to have a yeah. second chance at refining this world what, what are your thoughts about that yeah it's funny because you literally uh it's like did you read my review before <laughs> this bro because i literally said the same thing i i completely agree i think the actual game despite some of its flaws is a good game structurally it's fundamentally a good game but they could make it better for with the sequels and all that and you're right it is not the last of us which is what i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to be another last of us it is not that at all um it is not uh and i want to know if you agree with me on this last of us yep. fantastic franchise right I've only ever played the, the game twice, one on PS3, one on PS4. It is so <laughs> depressing. I cannot play that game. This game is not nearly as sad. Yeah. There's still hope there, you know? And then the whole thing had the resolution with Sarah. I'm like, okay, this world is not just a hellhole, you know? Like, there's still some hope there, you know? Like, it, it gave you that. Last of Us, you you finished it, and you're like, man. <laughs> I need a drink. <laughs> yo, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I need, a, I need to breathe right now. It's one of those things where it's like, it is a depressing world, but I kind of, I, I kind of like the fact that they went super sour in The Last of Us world. And I, I, I'm, I want to see where that kind of goes because it does tag on to that kind of idea of how brutal everything is. Um, and and uh, Days Gone isn't that dark, but they could go darker and I wouldn't mind it. 
you know what i mean it would yes. be good and i want them to lean into some of the stuff that they already kind of put into the world and 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 kind of flesh those things out um so before we let you go you have any last thoughts about any uh things on days gone uh no like i said you know and i'm just being honest even though obviously i did give it a a positive review and it's one of those things where you know when you write a review you think you're going to go one way but it ends up turning into another uh i i would still suggest if you're into these games, open world games, zombies, whatever, I would say and you don't have anything to play currently. I would say check it out. But if not, I would wait until it goes on yeah. sale for like $40. You know, it's worth playing, but I don't know if you need to play it right now. It's not a must play title. It, it's a good game. I wouldn't say it's as bad as some other people. You know, it's the, the I'm not going to get to it, but the reactions yeah. to this game, I find it interesting because they're so all over the place. There's no uh, consensus on this at all, which I which is kind of interesting. You know, it, either people think it's horrible or or it's the greatest thing ever. This one's like <laughs> kind of in the middle, you know? Um, but yeah, I would say check it out, but don't pay full price uh, unless you're really into yeah. these type of or games. Or if you get you a know? free copy from Sony. Thanks, Sony. <laughs> um, Tony, thank you, man. It's always so dope to have you on with us, man. We got to figure out ways to do this more often, man. You got to come through to Chicago and come hang out with us and, and chop it up some more. Um, before we let you go, I want you to shout out all the places that people can find your work. And, and and plug all the things that you're doing right uh before i do that obviously i want to thank you for having me on uh the thing you guys don't know is the reason i really haven't been on is because we yeah. record on the same yeah. night on thursdays you know so it's very difficult you know but again you know we have this camaraderie we always do want to collaborate we always talk but it's just like difficult but i'm glad you you know you were able to kind of shift the schedule around a little bit i could be on because i love being here i got to get you back on yes. on throwdown soon you know uh, so we could just chop it up um you know so that's how so anyway for my stuff you can check me out on Twitter. I'm Romu Death, R-O-M-U-D-T-H. And there in my bio is going to have links to my stuff for geek.com, uh, for the coalition. And obviously a throwdown podcast. We record Thursdays and Sundays, 1030 p.m. Eastern. It's live on Twitch. And Thursdays is where, you know, it's kind of similar to this show. We talk about the news sunday's the crazy show because we take fan questions we don't know what they're gonna throw at us you know so very interesting also and quick thing i want to give a shout out to the coalition i'm actually going to be on a special spoiler cast that they're going to do for avengers endgame throw it on us and do um pop culture stuff like we used to do back in the day um so we're, i'm going to pop over there to give my thoughts on that and uh look out for you know again um if you go to i'm going to have a link to my bio uh geek.com all my articles are there everything's on my twitter are you know romu death r-o-m-u-t-h and i I will always answer if you're cool i will always reply definitely definitely hit tony up on the internets because tony again is amazingly dope and always has great thing great things to say and is really digging into some fun conversations over at geek.com and tom's hardware i saw that too in your bio i was like oh yeah shout out to mike andronico you know my boy you know like you know he's like hey man you want to write some stuff like, i'll write some stuff yeah so you know i'm trying to get you know i'm just trying to get my fingers in everything you know if you want to check out the uh review that i have up uh, of days gone it's on the hollywood reporter site uh, check that out over there. Just look up Days Gone Review. You'll be able to check that out. And let me know what you think uh, in the comments uh, on Twitter. Shout, shout us out uh, all at all our social media uh, spaces. Um, and definitely, thank you so much for always coming and hanging out with us in Chicago. We love you all. We'll see you all next week. And we say 
Peace. The Spoiled Me podcast can be found every Tuesday on all podcast platforms and Portland Radio at xray.fm at 107.1 slash 91.1. You can find us live every Thursday on twitch.tv slash Me. If you want to reach out to us on the show, you can hit us up on our site, spawnonme.com, where you can find all our social media information about our Twitter, Instagram, and everything else alongside our contact page if you want to reach out and shoot us a message or a business inquiry. Much love to you all. Thank you so much for listening every week. And we say peace.